How is it going, everybody? Welcome to the Vegetalics Performance Podcast. Performance, this is my most technical topic, probably possibly my favorite topic, but I'm a big fan of health as well. So today we're talking about uh, swimming, training for swimming, and what I've used successfully with a lot of my national level, national level swimmers here in Canada. So I've been working with swimmers at a high level now. We have Summer McIntosh who made the last Olympics, did really well at, at 14 years old. Uh, probably for the last three years, really dived in and really worked with a lot of swimmers. So I, that's a sport that I really had to dive into. And obviously having an, uh, an athlete of that caliber on the roster, somebody like Summer, um, it's very important to make sure the little time that I have with her that we're optimizing it. Uh, that she's recovering from it, and that she's getting a benefit out of it. So, here's some of the pieces that are really keys in the, in, uh, the Veg Athletic program that we do with the swimmers. So, number one is we sprint. We You can just throw plyometrics in general there. But sprinting, we do a lot of sprinting. We do a lot of throws. Uh, we do a lot of ballistic work with kettlebells. We do a lot of jumps. I get my swimmers doing long jumps. I get my swimmers doing vertical jumps. So things that the thing that happens with a lot of these kids who grow up swimming is because their they their body is developed in the water, their nervous system really hasn't developed the ability to be fast and explosive. If you swim, you know that how how limited you are in the water, how held back you are, and even when you feel you're being explosive in water you you aren't really so i you know when when summer was 12 years old she was pushing cars she was already doing a superset we would push cars and then she would do like a sprint uh so and that was to, to make things fun and we had limited equipment <laughs> but uh get your if you're training swimmers or you're a swimmer and you're listening to this and you want to improve get in the gym start doing things that are more explosive on dry land don't always be doing weight training, doing, be doing slow movement. Something like a bench press is, for most people, is pretty slow. Something like a squat, for most people, is pretty slow. But if you're doing sprints, if you're doing rebounding long jumps, you are really training your nervous system to be fast and explosive. Uh, to build on that with most of my swimmers, I do, no, pretty much all my kids, we do some form of weightlifting. I love hang work for swimmers because you have that rebound. I love just pulling off blocks because, again, for a swimmer, they haven't developed on land. Most of them do have a hard time getting into a squat position, getting to a deadlift position. But weightlifting, I find really beneficial. And if you're a really good swimmer, you are going to go to a uh, um, NCAA strength condition, an NCAA school, and you're probably going to be doing some weightlifting there. So. I want my swimmers to know the, know how to be doing a clean, know how to be doing a snatch, and I'll never send one of my kids to out to another program and there to be movements that they won't know how to perform. They'll know how to perform those movements, even if we don't overload them. Uh, third, I might even put this first into third, but in, in our training it is um, a little bit lower than those other ballistic movements that I love, is pull-ups, vertical pulling. So there's research in the NCAA strength conditioning manual. And when they do the research and they look at exercise prescription, you know, there's speed. For when I used to work with my hockey players, we would work on sprinting speed because uh, how fast you can sprint is directly correlated to how fast you can skate. When I'm looking at swimmers, 
How fast, how fast you can perform a pull-up is correlated to how fast you can swim. So yeah, if you, if you can do more reps, you can probably pull faster. But uh, when I am looking at my swimmers, training my kids, it's working to get them to do a pull-up, which a lot of the time for girls is really tough, and that's going to take a while. But once they are performing pull-ups, it's short sets where they're doing three reps, four reps, five reps, six reps, maybe seven reps. But for six and seven is probably for my guys. Uh, three, four, fives, but they're focusing on the speed of the pull-up, right? So I don't want to have my, one of my swimmers do a set of seven pull-ups, and she can do the first three really fast, and then the last four, five, six are slow, they're ugly, uh, shoulders start curling in. No, let's do five sets of three, and we got in 15 reps, instead of, I don't know, three sets of seven, where on the first set, three were good, on the second set, two were good, on the third set, one or two were good, right? Let's get speed reps and get good. I'm really losing, I speak so much French, I, I lose my vocabulary in English. I want to use a better word than good. But get good at uh, that movement and are performing it at a high level. So third is pull-ups. Fourth is, I'm going to start going to our rehabilitation movements here, is shoulders, of course. Working on the shoulders. And I, when I say working on the shoulders, specifically working on external rotation, um, swimmers perform in all their strokes, a lot of internal rotation. And even on the backstroke, there's a little bit of internal rotation. And, you know, we want to alleviate that in the gym and create a buffer there where their shoulders are strong enough to withstand what they're throwing at it. Uh, hitting a streamlined position, also also having loose and limber shoulders is huge. So two, shout out uh, Kabuki Strength. I use a ton of Chris Duffin's equipment and I love it. Uh, we use a Kabuki Strength boomstick and we'll do um, rotator cuff and uh, chest, chest tie-in work and loosen that area up, create some, some a little bit less rigidity in there and less hypertonicity. That's what I'm looking for. And we'll also use the shoulder rock. The, the Kabuki Strength Mace, the shoulder rock. And I have my swimmers use that every session. Uh, Summer Macintosh, I grabbed her one so that, so that she could keep at home. So it'd be, because she's not coming into uh, training with me as often, she's part of the national program now. But that's something that she can continually use because it helps teach your shoulder how to be supple and how to be relaxed. Um, getting on a cable machine or, or using uh, bands and doing external rotation work from various positions. We do it supinated. We do a prone with a supinated hand position. So palms facing up. We do it with a pronated hand position, palms facing down. We sometimes do it in neutral grips. We do like band wall slides. So strengthening external rotation from various positions and make because all those strokes that they're doing in the water are different, right? So we want to get them to be healthy and strong in those various positions. And then this also ties into prehab and reducing injury is doing ab work, doing ab work. So much of the stress in terms of kicking in the lower body that swimmers go under really stress the erectors, really stress the low back. And so in order to alleviate that, you'll see a lot of swimmers will have the um, anterior pelvic tilt just like a sprinter would or a um, 
football player with somebody who's explosive and doing a lot of sprinting. You'll see that also in swimmers. So one of the keys of believing that anterior pelvic tilt to keep the spine healthy, to reduce, to um, get away from low back pain is strengthening the abs, activating the glutes. Um, I don't want to say stretching, but, but loosening or reducing the hypertonicity in the quads and the hip flexors, and then uh, strengthening the abs so that they can alleviate and support the spine. So I think ab works in that. If you're any kind of really explosive athlete, you probably have a little bit of that pelvic tilt going on. So I do ab work with nearly all my athletes. But yeah, if you're if you're a swimmer, you're developing those areas. Uh, hanging leg raises I love. Ab wheels I love. Weighted planks I love. Later on, things like pal-off presses, suitcase carries, simple, straightforward stuff. Uh, the first couple that I mentioned, the, the lying leg, the hang leg raise and, and the ab wheel are really ones that need a lot of coaching to, for a lot of athletes to get it right. But if swimmers can get stronger in that area, then uh, that is going to help re reduce a lot of injury. That is definitely going to help reduce a lot of injury. So that is really, those are the points of focus for uh, what I do with my high-performance swimmers, for my national-level swimmers. Sorry. Um, one of my bunnies is jumping up on the box here. Okay. Um and the, the other thing is not killing them with volume. So swim swimming is a sport where these kids are doing such an insane amount of work in the pool that I'm for their dry land work, I'm getting them to dip their toe in the water. I'm dipping them, giving them a little bit of taste, and then they come back and I'm saying, How are you feeling? How'd you recover? Blah 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 blah. Were you too sore? Did it affect your swim? And then I'm there there's my girls usually are saying no. I give them a little more and I Inch them up. How are you feeling after that? No, felt inch them a little bit more. If they're if a time comes or they tell me, yeah, Jordan, after that, I was like, I was really sore. Luckily, I haven't had it hasn't occurred yet where we've done something that's really affected a practice or affected performance. Um, that's going to cost them. Uh, but if they Jordan, I was really really sore here. Okay, that's a possibly a weak area. Maybe we have to attack, keep attacking that area, but we got to watch it in terms of our, of our volume. And I find my male swimmers the ones who don't recover as well. And physiology and, and uh, physiology, um, the amount you can load intensely, things of that nature are different between males and females. But I do find my males are the ones who are more affected by dryland training, who will come back and say, yo, Jordan, like, poof, that killed me. So that is also something to keep an eye on is recoverability and how that varies between the two groups because you you sometimes have different other groups that are different. I, I used the same thing. I used to train uh, university basketball and you do something with the guys, something with the girls, and the girls would be smashed and the guys would be okay. But um, in the swimming realm, from my experience, it's been girls are the girls are really recoverable and the guys dry land stuff is a little bit tougher on them. So I reduce the load of my guys as much as possible. One thing I want to see, I don't see any research on it, and I'd love to see it. Maybe if I don't see it in the next couple of years, I'll do something, uh, some research on this. Is I want to see elite level swimming and what impact bone density has there. Because with my swimmers, obviously we're doing a lot of strength training. Obviously strength, strength training uh, calcifies bone more, makes it denser. And possibly heavier. I think a bone, denser bone is going to be heavier. 
It's going to be harder to float. Um, so I want to see the, how do you put it, the bone density profiles of elite level swimmers. That's what I love to see. Bone density profiles of an elite level swimmer compared to average person, compared to other sports, uh, and how that looks. Because what I've, what I've made the assumption that you don't want too dense bones in order to be elite at swimming. And so one of the changes that I've made over time is I keep my swimmers doing short sets and there isn't a lot of time under tension. We do short explosive sets. So we do weightlifting and they're doing a couple of reps of cleans. We do dynamic effort squats and they're doing a couple rep um, reps of squats against bands or something like that. And then sprints and jumps and whatever. But I've really lessened the amount of like 10, 15 reps on a bench press or a squat or something like that. Because I'm thinking to myself, um, over time, denser bones is not what you want um, to swim as fast as possible and to float as easily as possible. But I could be wrong, so I, do, I, need to, I need to see research on that. So there you go. I hope there's something that you guys can learn from here. Uh, I've had a lot of success in this program, um, helping swimmers get to the next level, helping swimmers get to the, nearly the highest level. You're going to get some... Some medals for the next Olympics for, for summer, but she has so many more Olympics to go. Um, and, you know, these pieces you need to be to be working in, and it, it is the same as in any other sport. This has just become a specialty of mine. But in any sport, you're looking at the movements of the sport, the common injuries, what, what's required of these athletes, and how you can make it better and give them better qualities to take forward. So, as always, hit me up, jordanvegathletics.ca is the website. Bet Athletics is a firm. I'll catch you guys later. Bet Athletics.